Hey, BSBOT, some number, Gregory and I recording. After we watched Nolan Ryan <laughs> center field <laughs> for the New York Rangers. Corey Hart and goal. Yeah, yep. Big game for, for Sam Rose and a big game for the New York Rangers. Finally, a W on the board after many, many attempts, four-game losing streak broken by the man himself, Capococco and Artemi Panarin. Both the men themselves, I should say. Greg, that game sucked. Like, I don't have anything nice to say. I, Ryan, I, we have to do 30 minutes on Nolan Ryan. That, of all the excuse me's I've ever heard, There's at, been a some lot. Point, at some point, Sam Rosen has to be in on the joke, right? How do you, Nolan, Nolan Ryan? Like, it's <laughs> <laughs> incredible. He, I, I, Nolan I heard Ryan it was, and I did a double take. I, I was like, I, do I, the Flyers have someone named? There's no way he confused a hockey player with 1969 World Series champion with the New York Mets, Nolan Ryan, Hall of Fame pitcher who struck out over 5,000 batters he, Gregory, in his career he was a, pitched until his 50s. He was a Ranger. Okay? Listen to me. He was Nolan a Ranger. Ryan? Yeah. A Texas Ranger. You're right. <laughs> See? He, 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 gave, uh, he gave Robin Ventura the world's most famous nookie. There it is. Uh, listen, uh, a game where Sam Rosen didn't have his fastball. The Rangers didn't have their <laughs> fastball. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a good one. Thanks, that's buddy. That's a good one. Thanks, bud. That's uh, a good one. The Rangers didn't have it either, and neither did the Flyers. Flyers were playing with six players on the COVID list. Um, I have to tell you, the Rangers probably should have handled this game a little easier. I spoke about it the entire day that I, I well, said, hey, we're going to work really hard for us to let up, you, let up a late goal. <laughs> Here we you, did, you did undersell it there a little bit. Not only did the Flyers have six players still on the COVID list, mm-hmm. that included Travis Konechny, Claude Giroux and uh, Jake Voracek. Right. So it, it's not exactly like their th- th- bottom pairing defensemen were out. No, it's like their best they were, players. They were missing the stars. <laughs> yeah. And the Rangers still um, handedly struggled in a way. I, I Handedly struggled. That's a, that's a term for it. I, I shout out, shout out to Lavinio, though. It, looked like, it didn't look like the Flyers wanted to win either. No, but it didn't look like the Rangers wanted to win either. It was it was like who wants this less? You know, when Brendan Smith scores that goal on a wide open net, the Strom something Strom hasn't done all year. Panarin mm-hmm. sets him up for like you were uh, I, I I don't want to take any credit away from Brendan Smith. He got he was in the right position, right? He almost didn't stop it in time, but you or I could have made that goal. That's how easy it was for Panarin, not for Strom, of course. But the team couldn't generate offense. Like, I can't remember the last time, dude. Like, and we'll get to Capococco and all the good fun stuff in a second. More Nolan Ryan, I'm sure. But like, I can't remember the last time I saw, like, a, this squad generate 5v5 offensive pressure. Can you remember the last time it was like, oh, wow, the Rangers look like they're on the power play, but it's actually 5v5. They did it a couple times tonight, but it was sadly when Kevin Rooney was out on the ice. I understand that this all started as a joke, my love affair with yeah, Kevin it's, Rooney. it's not a joke but... anymore. It's not a joke anymore. He's the Ranger. He's somehow the Rangers' best center. He was tonight. That's why he he got he got overtime minutes tonight because the Rangers had no choice. They had to put him out there. Lafreniere um, was invisible all night. By the way, just didn't they really didn't put him out there. Mika too. Lafreniere, no Lafreniere had he was all right playing alongside Kevin Rooney in the first couple periods. It was if if the well, well when you send out Ryan you the, send out your first third period on right if it if you weren't Artemi Panarin you weren't noticed. It was just that simple. I guess that's even. Fair. Well, you they Kako, sent out Kako had a couple of nice moments mm-hmm. as well, but for the most part, Panarin's the guy who showed up tonight. Well, yeah, I mean he's the guy. He is the guy. Period. Mika's Rabinovich is an igloo. The Titanic theory is probably. I don't think it's cold enough. If I'm being honest, there is. Well, I, I you know, as much as people want to piss and moan 
um, it's me. About I'm, I'm pissing moaning. David Quinn. Oh, sorry. The, yeah, not you. As the, it's like people are angry about David Quinn for the wrong reasons. If you want to be angry about David Quinn, it is we're beyond the point of it being acceptable where Zabinajad and Kreider can be playing together. They're both ice cold. You have to break them up. They're they're not going to get going playing together. Maybe they get going playing together by accident, but we're at a point where you have to put Panera next to Zabinajad because you have to get Mika going. And the only player on this team that has the the bandwidth to get another player hot immediately is Mika Zibanejad. And then Chris Kreider. Panarin, you mean? It wasn't working with Booch at some. I like. I understand that there are so few things working for the New York Rangers right now that it's hard to break two players up like Zibanejad and Kreider who are struggling and trying to find other players to put them with in order to get their games going, but. I think you're at a point now where you – for me personally, Ryan, if I was coaching the New York Rangers, first of all, we'd be undefeated. Right. Just, Second of all – This is your opinion. So, right. My <laughs> opinion. They don't actually – I have to make perfectly clear that the New York Rangers do not pay me to make these decisions. That's fact, correct. They don't pay me at all. In fact, they would like to charge me money to go to their <laughs> games. Uh, I, at, I'm at a point where your top line to me has to be um, Panarin, Zibanejad, Blackwell. Your second line – as batshit crazy as this is going to sound, oh boy. should be should be oh, Lafreniere, no. Rooney, and Kako. I knew you were going. And your there. third line right now should be Kreider. I don't know Strom. I guess Strom Bucinevich. Yeah, like it, to me, Kako and Lafreniere was working right. And if if you want to say that Lafreniere's game has looked off the last couple of games, well, put him back with the player that seemed to be working with the most, which was Capo Kako. Um, if you want to keep Strom between them, great. But I think Kevin Rooney would work perfectly well. You put an adult with the children, and you let the children generate offense, and Rooney kind of plays that Jesper Foss role that he that was played with Strom and Panarin last year. I think that's a perfect symbiotic mix right now. Pavel Buchnevich is still playing very good hockey. If Pavel Buchnevich can't get Chris Kreider going, I don't think anybody can. And if Artemi Panarin can't get Mika Zibanejad going, I don't think anybody can. But right now, to me, where I sit... I think it's unacceptable to keep Chris Kreider and Mika Zibanejad playing on the same line. It it might work eventually again. They're ice cold right now. And I don't know if it's Mika making everyone around him cold or if it's the fact that the, the combination just is not working. You have to break it up. You have to do something. The definition of insanity is just doing the same exact thing over and over again and expecting different results. At some point, you have to get new line mates to Mika Zibanejad. And it's not going to – I'm not talking about the guys that are like – you can't keep breaking up the players that are playing well. You can't keep moving Buchnevich off that line or Blackwell off that line or Kako off that line. It's it's the Kreider and Zibanejad combination that isn't working. That's the part we haven't tried to fix yet. So why don't we why don't we try to fix it? Why don't we do something about that? I think this was good advice, and unfortunately, I'm going to give C- Quinn some credit here, which I know is everyone out there is booing me. I hear you, by the way. I hear you booing me. He did sort of switch things up tonight because Benajad didn't play. Uh, I mean, there was there was there was points where he was playing with Brendan Lemieux. There were points where Chris Kreider was getting shifted onto Capocacco's line. There was points where everyone was moving around. The Quinn Blender, but this was the first time we actually saw him. Hey, like these guys, these guys, these guys, Mika Benajad and Chris Kreider are not immune to being veterans anymore. They're not immune to being moved down in the lineup. 
They were all game. Uh, Mika Spinnerjet wasn't on the power play until the end when they put him out there on OT again. And then all of a sudden in OT, uh, Mika Spinnerjet looks I'm more than snakebitten. What's the next level of snakebitten? Because that's what Mika Spinnerjet is. I mean, not not to throw water on your parade here, Ryan. Me, please. But, uh, Mika Spinnerjet played over 20 minutes tonight. He, Chris least, Kreider well, at least, played over 16 minutes tonight. At least fe- feels like he was being played a lot less. In my well, opinion. that's because you not seeing him is him not playing a lot less. The fact that you think he played a lot less tonight. Only two forwards had more ice time than Mika Zibinijad. It was Artemi Panarin well, he and did, Ryan Strom. He did Strom had get extra time in the there. overtime. I mean, he was on ice for like four minutes there, like straight. He was not. I have bad news for you. Damn. You're, you're, you not seeing Zibinijad is not him playing less. That's part of the problem here. It's the fact that you're not noticing him when he's out there on the ice. He's not making a difference at five V five in regulation. I can count once that I noticed Mika Zibanejad in the offensive zone. And it was because he broke his stick on a shot. Like I, I can't outside of that moment tell you right now, other moments that Mika Zibanejad was playing and made a difference in this game. I, I hear what you're saying. I don't think cried uh, Quinn was moving him down the lineup. I just think Zibanejad got caught in some random shifts where the Rangers couldn't get their entire lines off the ice at random at different times. Mm-hmm. The, like they didn't have the puck enough to make clean changes all night long. Um, because of Benajed played 20 minutes tonight and you thought he was getting benched. He's not getting benched. That's the problem. It would be so <laughs> much easier. Like Quinn was punishing him at points. He, he wasn't on the power play. Like played that. 20 minutes tonight, Ryan. He had one shot on goal. Oh my goodness gracious. That's that's almost <laughs> impossible for Mika Zibanejad. Dude, I watched the whole it's, game, I swear. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Brutal. I, I'm telling you, the problem with Zibanejad is not that he's getting less ice time. The problem is you're not noticing him. That is even more concerning. If Zibanejad just played 14 minutes tonight, I think you and I could go, he didn't have it, what are you going to do? So on and so forth. It's the fact that Mika Zibanejad had the third most ice time of any Ranger forward, and he's not making a lick of a difference. If anything... He's hurting the Rangers at this point. It's uh, I I can't disagree with anything you're saying here, Greg, which I know feels weird for me. In this situation, it's just because of Interjet's ice cold. I don't know what to do. Maybe your suggestion is the way to go. Maybe that's the only way. Like, hey, Panarin, the best player on the team, not even close, can make Brendan Smith look like a goal scorer. Hey, maybe our, maybe the top center that we need to get going needs to play with him. And you're you're right uh, in that way. Uh, <laughs> Also, just shout out Adam Fox. 30 minutes and 17 oh seconds. Oh, my tonight. goodness gracious. What do we do? <laughs> what do we do? We didn't. Need, okay, oh. so this is the first podcast we are recording since the Jacob Truba news. So. Uh, it's a bummer. Yeah, I don't really know. Not even. just a bummer. Uh, I would say. Who? Ca- catastrophic is not the right word. No, it's pretty close. It's, it, it's pretty close to catastrophic or, for the Rangers. Yeah, I, it, it, it's tough because, first of all, he was playing so much better this year than he did last year Not even I, I understand people don't like the 18 million dollar cap hit i get it but the jacob Truber you were seeing this year was the jacob Truber the rangers acquired in trade and can make a difference in a top four on a playoff hockey team um you take him out of the lineup and not like it's noticeable when one of miller and truba isn't in the lineup you quickly realize how little depth the Rangers have defensively when both of them oh my God. disappear. Hey, bless Potato. Seriously, bless him. He looks pretty He's good trying, man. all night. If and- you, Ryan, swear to God, you told me before the season started that at some point in the first 15 games, 
we'd be recording a BSBOT after a game <laughs> in which Colin Blackwell scored a power play goal with a primary assist coming from Anthony Potato. I would have told you that. Like, I would have asked if the Rangers got COVID and they were trying to play with a taxi squad. It's 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 so strange. It really is. The, like Jack Johnson. This is their bottom four. I mean, it's just it's just worth it to say it out loud, isn't it? At this point, our bottom mm-hmm. four is Jack Johnson, Brendan Smith, Lieber Hayek, and Potato. What? Tony B. What are we doing? Uh, we won a two-one game in an overtime. Uh, I mean, two-two. Sorry. Uh, Adam Fox played more minutes tonight than Jack Johnson and Brendan Smith combined. Yeah. Um. Duh. How are you gonna win? How are you, how are you winning a game if he doesn't do that? Adam Fox uh, is the truth, man. He's the savior of this team. He really is. You know, I know Lord and Savior Capocacco, who we'll get to after the break here in a minute, uh, had had a tremendous night, but. Adam Fox, man, he just played like Lindgren was on out no T. Ryan Lindgren, noted offensive wizard. <laughs> like, well, I, if you didn't send Lindgren out there, who were you sending out there? I, that's my thing. You, your you, only your other options were Johnson Smith, Hayek, and Potato. Yeah, and Weaver Hayek. People have told us off the record that there's no chance he should ever be in the NHL, and I have to say, held his own tonight. But again, it was mostly an AHL team for the Flyers. So like, yeah, it's fun to win again. But was like, was this a quality win? No, but I'm gonna enjoy it. <laughs> Because the dark days are coming, Gregory. They are. Yeah, I. To back to your Truba point, it's it's, boy, it's tough. Remember when the season started and the Rangers were like, we have too many right-handed defensemen, so we have to play Tony D'Angelo on the left-hand side. Yeah, we were and now like, it's like, hey, by the way, we just have Adam Fox. We spent He's nine have months to play thirty minutes a night. <laughs> we spent. Um, I'm crying over here. We spent nine months talking about how hey, the solution is just bringing Tony to the left. That's it. Super easy. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's difficult, and hockey stat miner, God bless him, doing the Lord's work when it comes to Shouts understanding Mika. what the hell goes on with the New York Rangers cap situation. They could bring up Runanen. Um, I, we should probably just call him Tarmo. I call him Tarmo just to be safe. That's how I do. Yeah, it. you should call him Tarmo. Yeah, well, though, though you'll probably end up calling him like Tiermu or something. I'm no, sure. Tarmo. I'll go with. It's super easy to call Tarmo. That's it. I won't mess it You're up. Still gonna, I, I, I look. On on a night where Nolan Ryan played hockey for the Philadelphia Flyers, I'm I can't get over that shit. I really can't. Uh, um, Tarmo can come up. I I just like there's a not a good chance, in my opinion. I think if Tarmo is a solid third pairing defenseman at the NHL level, we should all be very happy about that. I I think the hype is building a little bit. One because the Rangers have been playing just so poorly. Two, Tarmo has been getting points in Hartford. And three, um, the I would say the European contingent of New York Rangers Twitter has always been a fan of Tarmo, so we've heard a lot about him for some time now. But I just there's nothing wrong with being a fifth or sixth defenseman in the NHL. There's nothing wrong with Tarmo, who was a late round draft pick, to simply be an NHL piece. Nothing wrong with that's that. a win. That's, yeah, that's good. That's good work. That's a good job. Not everybody has to be a star. Not everybody has to become Adam Fox. It's totally okay if Tarmo just turns into a useful depth NHL piece for the New York Rangers. And quite honestly, with Truba being out, as long as the Rangers have the cap space, which it seems like they do, it's weird with the pro- the one thing working against Tarmo at this point is that he's on his entry-level contract and the New York Rangers can really only do so much with the entry-level contracts that they have. Um, maybe that changes if they could ever find a way to unload at least half of D'Angelo's salary. We'll see. But uh, 
if we're just talking about the fact that the New York Rangers have to give minutes to some people on their defensive pairings, Miller's going to come back and he's going to start playing 20 plus minutes a night, hopefully sooner rather than later. I'd I think what they said I, today I was under the impression just, he was going to play tonight. Just cutting you off, Greg. Honestly. Yeah, they scratched him like ten minutes before the game. They did say that if he had to play, they could have. They were being precautionary. So then he's probably playing Sunday. That's right? correct. Or Saturday, like likely um, playing Saturday at twelve thirty. Yes. I at this point, this is going to sound absolutely insane to say, and I'd never thought we'd get to this point at any point with him. Extend him now. No reason to take Hayek okay. out of this lineup. <laughs> oh, uh, I was actually going to bring that up with Hayek, like. We were just speaking about Tarmo, but we haven't had insane complaints about Hayek at all, have we? We've really had right. like maybe one or two things bad to say, which well, we, that's a record. Um, we we made we made fun of the broadcast of going out of their way to say like we're not noticing Libra Hayek, so it's a good thing. And then the one second they noticed Libra Hayek, it was because he made a mistake. But in all honesty, if this is the performance you are getting out of Lieber Hayek on a night-to-night basis, I think you take it. Do you want Lieber Hayek playing 21 minutes a night? No. No. I'm pretty sure you want him in the 14-minute range. But I would say lower. He's giving you 14 decent minutes on a bottom pairing. He's not exposing you like we thought he would at this point in the season. So Fox, Lindgren, Miller, Hayek, those four guys I think you have to keep in the lineup and just keep rolling. Uh, I think uh, Brendan Smith, you just have to keep feeding minutes. And Potato, you just have to keep feeding minutes. I don't know. I just – I'm Feed so, him. Feed I'm, him, baby. <laughs> I missed Jack Johnson a little bit. It was fun. Because the jokes are so fun. Dude, they're they're the best. They, it, it, it feels the so good. The immediate penalty. Yeah, just, just right away. Kiss. Like, welcome back, baby. All right, got to take a quick break. We'll come back to all Capococco, Jack Johnson, and more. Here we go. Transition. And we're back. Okay. Uh, I think we're finished with Jack Johnson. <laughs> I mean, listen, the guy's a, a meme machine. He, number one, hey, number one in the game score tonight, Jack Johnson, in case you were wondering. Yeah, number one in the game score because, again, the Rangers kept him out of positions where he needed to impact do, the game. Do anything? Any way, shape, or form. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the Lord and Savior, Capo Caco. Whew. All right. In OT, he pretty much puts on, puts on an N1 mixtape, goes and c- carries the puck himself like he looks like he's playing back over in Finland. He makes 16 moves, causes a penalty to happen after a pass, and then Quinn, who we all berate, sends out Capococco in a rewarding moment, showing, I think this is like almost storybook stuff here, showing his faith in Capococco has grown to a level where it's like, okay, you're going out first before Panarin, before anybody else, we're sending out Capococco. And Capococco goes out there and rewards David Quinn by performing in a way that he hasn't done before, scoring in a shootout. Just tremendous stuff from the Lord and Savior. I can't ask for more. I really can't. And I will actually can ask for more. Can you score in a game? <laughs> but other than that, I was impressed by Capococco all, all night. I'm impressed that Quinn actually sent him out first. Uh, Panarin obviously goes second after that in that situation. I don't. I think that's an absolute no-brainer. I, I'm pleased. I, I think there's a lot more co- that Capococco can unlock. But hey, Greg, I've said this a lot this, this season. With the exception of Lafreniere, which we had a large discussion about on Monday, I think almost every single question we had going into the season has been answered. Igor looks legit. Miller and Fox are legit. Capococco's development took a step that was night and day. And if the season ended in a week or two, I'd be happy because everything, not that I'd be happy because we'd have nothing to cover and we'd do another show again with absolutely no material for many, many months. But I'd be happy knowing that we kind of got all the answers we wanted this entire year already through these kind of 16 games. 
Well, I, I would I would disagree that we got all the answers because Mika Zibanejad has now been so bad that he's actually making us ask questions we never thought we'd ask. I think that's before. probably fair. Unfortunately, um, I don't want to agree yeah, with you. I, yeah, I. Uh, if we're if we're strictly talking about the children, I'm just talking about the children for in this yeah. in this situation. Yes. Yeah, I, I listen, Kako. Once again, it's hard to identify who's having a good game offensively for the Rangers because they're just anemic when it comes to scoring. And I'm not saying that goals and points dictate everything, but there's only so many um, moral victories that you can point to. But the fact of the matter is a lot of the Rangers scoring opportunities tonight were being driven by Capocacco and his line mates. And it's not a coincidence that the two goals the Rangers scored tonight, Capocacco was on the ice making plays before those goals were scored. Um, He's looked great. I, if, if this is the Capococco we continue to see on a nightly basis, the points are going to come, and they're going to come in droves. This is a guy that is looking like a player that can put up 50, 60 points in a regular NHL season. It's There's only, like, that in overtime, it was just quintessential Kako with what you could see. It's, when he has that much ice and that much space, and that much time that to was do the, whatever he wants. That was the talent we were all, we've always heard about. The the talent we always knew he had yeah. and the potential we thought he had that to unlock all last season. But this season, you, you can see the confidence has grown. Capo has transformed in his 20-year-old season to a, a, the player we all thought he could be. The open ice, the moves, the hands, the passing, the vision, and even the body. Like To, to, to be as aggressive as he is, to go down low... To get to the places he wasn't going last year, the takeaways, the forecheck, everything about him has transformed. It's been tremendous to watch. And the points aren't there. Everybody will point to them. I don't know, point, point there, whatever you want to make of that. There's, They're going to come, like you said, Gregory. He, he's he been that talented. I, I think you, you might disagree with me. I think Panarin has been the best forward on the team. That's not a question. He's Artemi Panarin. And number two, for me, you can make a case for Capococco this entire season, with the exception of you can make the case, I believe, is between Booch and Capococco. I would agree with that. And Kevin Rooney, of course, yep. top four. No, I, um, I, I legit think the top five, man, is Panarin, Booch or Capococco, Panarin, Rooney. Like, I'm not kidding. Strom is probably fighting to get in there at some point, but Strom has no, had so I, many, so you, many you, missed you opportunities. You said top five and you didn't say Colin Blackwell. Like, Colin Blackwell's been a revelation. No, Colin Blackwell's been a revelation. Probably yeah, we're at a we're at a point where we're, the Rangers might actually have to protect Colin Blackwell from the expansion draft. Like that, that's not a far fetched thing anymore. It's funny because like it's so good. It's not a meme, like not a joke. It's... Yeah, I'm I'm not saying this to get laughs or get clicks. Like the the, the Rangers might be willing to let Julian Gauthier go if it meant kept keeping Colin Blackwell, which is just a batshit crazy thing to say, but it's true. But to your couple point that I actually wanted to bring up, mm-hmm. you, you were talking about the confidence. To me, the thing that screams Kako confidence more than anything is when they called him for a penalty, he barked at the ref. Kako wouldn't have done that last no. year. He would have, he kind of would have put his head down, skated to the box and taken his lumps and would have assumed like it would have, My shy it would have rained on his parade a little bit. But this year, Capo disagrees with the penalty. He's going to fucking let you know. And that I think that's a massive – that's, to me, an underrated sign that Kako is arriving. He's he's feeling – he's soiling his own oats. He's I, feeling good about himself. I think he knows now that last year he was 
Last year's team was so much different than this year's. Despite the, the pieces not being as different as they might seem on the surface, yes, Henrik Lundqvist is gone. Yes, Mark Stahl is not here. Jesper Fast is gone. And I know those were the core guys. Last year's team was so fun, light, just had this aura around it of sort of goodness. And this year's just been grimy darkness the entire year. Like, let's not, let's not kid ourselves. There was some, there was like a, maybe a good game or two, but... For the most part, this has been a gr- really dark grind for the New York Rangers. And in this case, Panarin, uh, Panarin is number one. He's top dog. But with Mika Zavinajad struggling, with Chris Kreider struggling, I think Kapokaku kind of saw this situation situation as a, an opportunity to say, hey, they drafted me number two. I'm supposed to be the future of this team. I can come in right now, and I can, I can grab the horns. I can make an impact. And he's done that. And he's become the second most important forward on this team until Philip Hedl is back. And that's not even, I don't even think that's an argument at this point. It really isn't. I know Booch has been so good, but the way that Capo is, is playing in every other area of the game it has just been next level. And if he continues to do this and his trajectory goes the rest of the season in this, in this direction, you have to be pleased. You have to be pumped up and hope that Lafreniere can do the exact same thing next year. Yeah, I, this year has been a, resounding success for Kabukako so far. And it was a resounding success for Phil Peedle before he went hurt, uh, went down. It's resounding success for Adam Fox because we're seeing him do literally everything he did last year with even more responsibility this year. Again, we're talking about Adam Fox on the same night that he played 30 minutes and 17 seconds. 30 minutes. In an overtime game. Yes. Uh, there, were only, there were only 65 minutes available for him to play, and he played 30 minutes and 17 seconds of them. That is some Brian Leach-level bullshit right there. Just absolutely incredible. Uh, Ryan Lindgren's answering questions because Lindgren somehow just keeps fucking doing it. I don't. He's uh, a, I, that guy is underrated. I don't know what else to say. He just. Yeah, I um friend of friend of the show, uh, Arby from uh, Pension Plan Puppets. Yep. DM'd me yesterday, and he was he was gauging what I thought about the possibility of the Rangers entertaining the idea of trading for Morgan Riley in the off season. Oh no, and. Uh, on, on, I was as surprised as you're going to be. I told him, I was like, buddy, I think the time has come and gone for the Rangers to make a big splash when it comes to training for a left-handed defenseman. I can't see a reason why the Rangers would want to invest more money on the left-hand side of the D when they have Lindgren and Miller. And it seems like they figured out their top four on the left. Like, the Rangers need to bring in a center. His name, we, we know who it is. Hmm. We, we, I don't know if we it's, need to say it. It's the entire episode for Monday, so please save yeah. it. <laughs> We'll, we'll save it for Monday. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll find mm, it's someone. It's delicious. We'll we'll find someone from the uh, greater Western New York area to come on the show and talk to us about it. Uh, the Rangers need a center. I, it, it, this slump they're in scoring wise makes it abundantly clear that the Rangers' glaring hole is down the middle. You can't afford a Mika Zibanejad cold streak and a Filipino injury to be the reasons why you're just not a competitive hockey team on a nightly basis. It's not acceptable. So the Rangers are going to have to address that in the offseason. They don't need any more wingers. When Kravtsov comes over from Russia, it's going to be hard enough to find minutes. It's already hard enough to find minutes for Julian Goche, who we like. That's not a bad player. There just isn't enough minutes to go around for everyone right now. I The Rangers probably don't need a right-handed defenseman. Niels Lundqvist is ready. He's going to come over. He's going to play on the third line at the third pair. We're going to see what he can do. Truba's here. Fox is a god. Just pay him for 10 years. I'm ready to extend. The Rangers need a center. Yeah. 
The Rangers need a center. It's that like they have one glaring weakness. A, they need a star caliber center. And Nolan it Ryan. It can't just be Mika. <laughs> um, what was that? What you say? I said and Nolan Ryan. Well, I mean, it's a innings. No, I, this team. Honestly, I, I think this team needs a little bit more Pedro, a little bit more Greg Maddox mm, than more, it does in the guy more with control, another not the workhorse arm. You don't need that anymore. Yeah, no. The, the, this team has a like needs the finesse. Yeah, you need you need a you need a little bit more dexterity. Yeah, yeah. A little little like a little something something to throw the hitters off. You can't just be sitting fastball. You can't just be an unhittable fastball. You my... need a little. <laughs> Enough of this bit. My last takeaway, uh, then we'll get the hell out of here. I think it's time to give Marty Jock some credit. As, what do you mean it's time? It, it's, it's been time. It's been time, but I haven't. I don't think we've said it on the show. Is that crazy? Uh, the, the, um, I don't. I don't think that's true. I think we've mentioned it. If we not, I want to mention it again. The, pen, the penalty kill, despite the Flyers being an AHL team, has been tremendous. This the Flyers tonight being an AHL team because of the COVID situation. I'm not talking shit about the Flyers. They are a good team. They really are. I hate a lot. In, in my opinion, I hate Alemanio. In my opinion, they're pieces of shit. Yeah, like, I, I don't know what to tell you. There you go. Uh, I hate Alemanio. He's going to have his team back playing well. I'm, it's a real you shame. Think he was chewing gum tonight. I couldn't get a good look. I couldn't get a good look. I didn't actually wasn't paying attention to his mouth all night, which is strange because I usually do that. Hmm. Wow. Strange. Careful. Uh, yeah, I careful. know. Careful, careful there. I'm just I'm just scouting out gum. I'm looking for spearmint. That's all. Uh, in that case, I just want to give a shout out to Marty Jocks. Just tremendous work with the defense. I know, I know he's one of the big reasons that Jack Johnson came in here, but the penalty kill has been another level this entire. I don't know what he did, but the Rangers are playing sound defense and have the entire season. I did not expect that. It, this podcast has spent five years talking about how the Rangers cannot play defense at all. That's the thing they do the least. They cannot score, and it's uh, or they could score rather last year, but they couldn't play defense worth a lick. And this year has been the exact opposite, and he has to take credit for that. So good for him. And I think that's it for me, Gregory. Capococco, Lord and Savior. That's all I have to say. Yeah, I, I the defense has been night and day better, and some of it is simple stuff, right? Like Jacob Truba isn't bad this year, and he's playing with someone that is actually good in Keandre. Adam Fox is a legend a in the making, help. yes. Adam Fox is a legend in the making, but you've essentially replaced every Mark Stahl minute with Keandre Miller minute, and it's Shock! It shouldn't shock you that that results in more positive outcomes for the New York Rangers. But credit where credit is due. Did we expect Pavel Buchnevich to be this team's most effective penalty-killing forward? No, no, never. But Marty Jocks is getting something out of his game in that regard. Uh, Brendan Lemieux, shockingly, is actually playing more responsibly defensively. Never thought I'd see the day. He's actually... Yeah, developing you know a Let's, different wrinkle to his game. He's looked okay. We've talked a lot of crap he's, about Brad Lemieux. So. We have, but but to be fair, we also said like when you're a fourth-line forward, you just need to be really good at one thing, and Brendan Lemieux was really good at drawing penalties, but now he's not so bad in the defensive zone. Uh, Brett Howden, still attractive. Good job there, Good job, great, great face. There you uh, go. Jacques Martin, I should say. I just pulled a U. Yeah, there you go, uh, Marty Jacques. But... Yeah, credit credit where credit is due. The Rangers defensively are going to be, keep themselves in games. Right. We're talking about this slump that the Rangers are in where they this was only their fifth win of the season. They can't score a goal to save their lives. They really haven't been blown out, albeit, what, twice this year? Mm-hmm. They got blown out Tuesday, and they got blown out first night of the year. Those are really the two times where the Rangers looked just utterly 
repugnant. Every other time they've been in every game. They have. It's been a game. Yeah. It's been a game. Even if it's miserable, it's been a game. It's been awful to watch, but it's been a game. Puck puck luck often decides 50-50 games. But the reason why these are 50-50 games right now is because the New York Rangers are playing good defense. How many notes did Sam get to say puck luck tonight? A million? Yeah. (laughs) Igor's gotten hot recently, right? Yep. But for the most part, the goalies haven't been what we're used to, which is just Henrik Lundqvist levels of excellence on a nightly basis. So, yeah, you got to give credit where credit is due. The team's playing better defensively. Can't score to save their lives, but they're playing better defensively. Unbelievable. Hey, on Monday, when we come back and record on Monday night, we'll be talking all about Jack Eichel coming to New York Rangers guaranteed in two years. Anyway, we love you guys. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Buddy, I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's going to be two years. Oh, boy. Stay tuned, everyone. I, Stay tuned. Yeah.